Hello, great listeners. You are about to be inspired and impressed by our next guest. Before we get to him, let me just take care of a few housekeeping items. First of all, as you know, we try to keep our episodes to about 30 minutes. This one went a little bit longer, but I'm sure by the time you're done, you won't even realize that it went longer because our guest is very impressive. Second of all, Lloyd and I will both be on vacation next week, and so we will go two weeks uh, before our next episode. So there will not be a new episode next week. That'll give you time to catch up on episodes you might have missed and give you time to share our podcast with any friends, family members, anyone you know who could benefit from our content. If you have benefited and would like other people to know about it, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast. Make sure to click on that farthest star on the right, and we will love you forever, of course, even though we already do. But we appreciate any feedback that you give. If you have any direct, more personal questions or comments that you would like to share with us, please do so through our email at fatherswhofight at lifechangingservices.org. I think that pretty much takes care of it. So, enjoy this episode of the Fathers Who Fight podcast. Welcome to episode 30 of the Fathers Who Fight podcast. I'm Rob, and Lloyd is with me. Hey, Thank Lloyd. You, Rob. And we have a special guest whom we'll introduce here in a second. But uh, just as we always remind you, we are fathers banding together to strengthen one another in following Jesus Christ and resisting the enemy of our souls by living eternal warrior principles. And those eternal warrior principles help us change for the better. And we last uh, last couple episodes, we we just took the opportunity to listen to Maurice Harker, and so we uh, we hope you benefited from that. We also, if you probably noticed, did not follow up on the challenge that we issued a couple weeks ago, and that challenge was regarding charity, and the challenge was to pray for charity, begin to pray for charity if you if that wasn't a habit for you. And then to look for opportunities to how Heavenly Father might answer that prayer of how you can develop charity. For me, it worked out. It's uh, It's been interesting as I've prayed for charity. I've begun to be a little more attentive to others' needs um, in the sense that I'm following up more. You know, a lot of times if I find out something about someone who is struggling or needs help, I'll reach out to that person and see what they need. And then that's it. You know, I won't, I won't follow up. We've had a couple of, uh, of our core members and neighbors who have had some uh, physical uh, issues uh, recently between uh, yeah, surgeries and kidney stones and yeah, not, not, not fun stuff. <laughs> that doesn't sound but, good at all. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, uh, interestingly, I've been checking up um, on them more regularly as, as time has passed and, and making sure that, that they know they're loved and cared about, not just, hey, hope, hope the surgery goes well, you know. So that's, 
that's kind of how it's been manifest for me, and and I I feel good about that, and I I hope that I can continue that because I I I definitely want to be the type of person who people feel cares about them. How about you, Lloyd? What's uh, been going on for you? Well, I've been praying about it. I definitely got a long ways to go, a lot to learn on the subject, but um, I've had opportunities to serve my specifically my children and my wife and um, there's times that I've done it grumblingly and not with the best attitude but other times I've put my whole heart and soul into it and so well not perfect but doing good things and striving to do better so yeah that's the key right there yeah you know, and, and the funny thing is, I'm sure everybody knows this, that once you do it, even if you start grumblingly, you usually catch the spirit of it and feel good by the time you're done. So that's, that's true. definitely my case. That's true. Yeah, I was just talking to somebody who uh, we were talking about home teaching and, you know, obviously now ministering, but, but home teaching, whenever I would do my home teaching <clears throat> not whenever, but a lot of times, you know, it's not convenient, uh, you know, go at it with a, a attitude of, oh man, got to you know more of, I have to do this. But every uh-huh. single time I would walk away and come away feeling good about having done it. And yeah. Yep. All right. Well, we continue, we are, we urge you to continue to pray for charity because uh, it's a lifelong quest and we're all trying to become like our savior. And that's not going to come easily or cheaply. Um, So it's definitely something that we should continue to pray for and and work at. Well, as as mentioned a few minutes ago, we have someone with us who is kind enough to tell us a little bit about his story. As a reminder, we we work with Life Changing Services, which is uh, an organization geared toward helping people overcome many kinds of self-mastery challenges, uh, but definitely um, issues with uh, pornography addiction. And our guest, Jeremy, is a father who has come through and and fought those demons, as it were, and come out on top. And so he was kind enough to come and share a little bit about his story. Jeremy, how are you? Doing great. How are you guys doing? So good. Happy to have you. It's good to uh, be here. Good. Thank you. Yeah, I I was fortunate enough. Well, Jeremy, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself first? So uh, I've uh, had a pornography addiction probably since I was in my late teens, um, including a, a masturbation and pornography, and have worked on it all of my adult life on trying to overcome it and felt like I had intermediate to good success but it just seemed like it reached sort of a stasis where I had between one and six months between episodes and uh, was able to function in the church and function as a father, but always felt like I was a second-class citizen in the church, if you will, that, mm. you know, doing a revolving door to go see the bishop and things like that, feeling in pain because of the pain that I would bring to my wife and, uh, and so, you know, sometimes it was better than others, and sometimes it was worse. Sometimes I would hide it. Sometimes I, I would be bold in, in uh, 
trying to come clean, but it seemed like I was just continually being plagued by this and it seemed like the repentance process was going great except for that forsake part where I just kept coming back to it. And yeah. uh, I've been, you know, I've come from a kind of a, a, I wouldn't say too rough of a background, but my, my grumpy used to tell me that, Jeremy, you weren't raised up, you were jerked up. And uh, <laughs> I think there's a little bit of truth to that. And uh, I've, you know, I'd had counseling before to to help with some things and, and issues with um, one of my one of my children that when he had trouble as he was becoming an adult. And but nothing really seemed to help much. But um, my general disposition actually is to be happy. I'm generally a happy person and. Uh, it seemed like this was slowly wearing me down, and I just wasn't. By the time, um, I think a uh, few years ago, probably three or four years ago, I had an uh, an episode, and afterwards I didn't really want to be alive anymore. And uh, I remember going to a man who, he was, he had been the stake president, and he was uh, in a similar calling to me, and I went to him and asked him for a priesthood blessing, and was able to overcome that, but I started to realize I can't go on like this. Mm. That's a that's a heavy load to carry. <laughs> yeah, yes, it is. <laughs> now, um, how long have you been married, and and how many children do you have? So we have seven children. Most of them are, are adults, adulting anyway. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we have our daughter's wow. returning from her mission this next week. And uh, awesome! Wow! Yeah, we have. I have one grandchild, and uh, then I have two adult sons. My my oldest son is uh, getting married in April, and he's on his own. And then then we have two boys still at home: a uh, seventeen-year-old and a (laughs) fourteen-year-old. That's great. That's great. Handful. We've been married. My wife and I've been married for. Let's see, 1994. How many years does that make it? Uh, let's see, that'll be 27 this year? Yeah, sounds right. 27. Wow, that's great. That's that's the year I left for my mission. So just a couple years behind you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, and but uh, amidst your struggles... You, well, sorry. In spite of your struggles, you you found you found help, and and how did you come That's across right. life changing services? So, um, it's actually been really close to a year. Um, a year ago in March, I went and spoke with my bishop, and and uh, he was, you know, all of my my bishops for the most part have been great as I've worked with them, but he looked at me and said, you know, I've heard of this program called uh, Men of Moroni. Here's some contact information. Maybe you should call them and see if they can help. And I think he had worked with some young men in um, Sons of Helaman, and that's how he knew about the program. Yeah, for those who don't know, Men of Moroni is the the program that we offer at Life Changing Services to to help men uh, with addiction recovery. And then Sons of Helaman is the the program to help young men uh, with, with the same um, situation in the same situation. Was it was it a difficult phone call to make? 
You know, it, it wasn't difficult because uh, of my desire for secrecy or anything. I'm, I was just a little skeptical, I suppose. Mm. Uh, and I felt a little bit like Naaman, where I'm like, really? Is this what's going to help? Okay, well, <laughs> I believe I believe that my bishop um, is a man of God and that he was inspired and uh, just, just really one of my favorite people, a real loving man and close to the Spirit. So I said, well... I guess I'll take the leap of faith to trust in what he felt was inspiration. And so I did. Nice. And in the past year or so, well, um, you were telling us before we came on that you hit a, a very important anniversary recently. Now tell us about that. That's right. I just, I just have, as of last week, I have one year of sobriety. And this for awesome. me is... Is what I would call total sobriety too, not not dipping your toe in or anything like that, but total sobriety for a year. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. so. I've heard lots of young men talk about um, how scared they were to try to even go and meet with a clinician for the first time or go to their first meeting. And yet, then they talk about coming home from their first meeting, how uh, it was completely different than what they expected. What was it like for you? Um, yeah, for me, it wasn't so much fear, because um, I've seen my bishop many times and, and worked through it and, and was involved in the addiction recovery program um, at all levels of it. Um, including leading a group for a while, but um, I, for me, the fear was mo mainly not fear of of the unknown, but just fear of, like, is this just going to be another thing that's going to kind of work, but not really. Okay. Yeah. And so, what were your thoughts and feelings after the first meeting? <laughs> I really. So, yeah, I really liked it. I especially liked sparring. Um, uh -huh. At first, I thought, this is kind of strange. Uh, because <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, when we spar, we somebody takes on the role, of, and, it, and it's in a, a controlled environment, but somebody takes on the role of, of uh, Satan and challenges you and tempts you and uh, tries to say things similar to what Satan would say. And it was very interesting to see that after just a couple of sentences from me, um, people knew exactly what Satan would say and would attack yeah. me in those same ways. And and then we would talk about it afterwards and see what was good and what was bad and what would be better responses and things, and then we'd take turns. And I really enjoyed that. And uh, it, it actually took me probably six weeks before the lessons started to make a little more sense to me, and I started to see the real value in those. At first, it was... It just felt a little bit like it, um, uh, a gospel discussion that was somewhat useful. But then as I started to build on the principles, I started to see how they tied together. And I really, really started to understand, especially things like warrior chemistry and uh, mm -hmm. flagpoles just really started to go deep into my heart. And I, I started to realize just how effective those were. That's awesome. Really cool. Yeah. Um so that that's really interesting going back to the sparring that you were talking about um yeah it, 
like like boxers, you know, they're in a controlled environment when they spar and, um, you know, they have headgear and stuff like that. But uh, you didn't have any headgear or any anything to protect you, really. <laughs> so, <laughs> the, you know, it, when when you were having those uh, questions thrown at you uh, in that environment, did it did it kind of hit close to home or did it? Was it reminiscent of experiences you had had in real life as far as the way Satan was attacking you? It sounds like you, sounds like the other guys picked up on how to attack you. Was that, was it difficult to, uh, to fight back as it were? Yeah. At first it was, it was difficult to fight back. Um, uh, it was interesting. I found myself being polite to Satan. And not, want, <laughs> not wanting to be rude and you know not just like he it, is right really polite. i know exactly <laughs> and now i look back and I'm like wow i wonder if i really am like that with satan like i you know try to give him the benefit of the doubt and let him finish his sentence and you know have a, a nice calm discussion and uh i i don't do that anymore now when i spar <laughs> as soon as i recognize it as satan i'm just i i like recently, I just started laughing and said, yeah, th- that's not going to work with me. <laughs> and I talk, now I talk over him. I, I, uh-huh. uh, I actually ignore him. <laughs> la, la, la. Re- exactly. Recently, when he started to attack, I turned to one of the other guys that was listening in and I said, hey, can you visit for a little while? I'm really being attacked here and uh, it's really starting to bug me and I could really use a friend and, and Satan was in the background, just talk, 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 talk. And we just talked right over the top of him. And it felt <laughs> so wonderful. That's, <laughs> That's <cool>. awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So now you've, you've hit uh, a year of sobriety, which again, congratulations. It's fantastic. I, uh, uh, just, just to let our listeners know, I, I had the honor and pleasure of, of working with you as a personal warrior trainer. Every, everyone who comes into either the Men of Moroni or, or Sons of Helaman program gets a personal warrior trainer. And I was fortunate enough to work with Jeremy. And I can vouch for what he said earlier about his uh, happy demeanor, positive demeanor. He was always very happy and positive and, and a pleasure to work with. As you have been going you know, to the group for uh, approximately a year... Do, do you still continue to go, number one? I'll, I'll stop there. So, yeah, do you still continue to go to group? Yes, I do. Yeah, I've, I've um, had to miss probably three or four times because of schedule or we were on travel or something. But but I go every chance that I get. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and we also rotate some of the duties of it. And so I wouldn't say that I'm one of the mentors, but I take on some of the mentor duties. Like every once in a while I'll teach a lesson or int- do the introductions and things. So. Yeah, so that was my that was going to be my follow up question. Was now as a more experienced member of the group, what is it like to to be able to yeah either be a mentor or or to you know remember what it was like to be in the position of of someone who's just kind of starting out? How how does that go? Yeah, this last week uh, there was either one or two new guys that um, were had come in and and had very little to no sobriety. And uh, one of the mentors was talking about, you know, how great it's going to be. And I just looked back and said, and so I, I commented in the group and I've had a year of sobriety and who knew a year ago, because, you know, right when you start or when you've just had a lost battle, you have such a feeling of, of loss and despair. 
and just feels completely different. So I got a chance to just talk about that a little bit to some of the guys that were new. That's great. I'm curious, uh, how did you find your ferocity, your passion and strength to stand up to um, Satan with, I mean, you're talking about how you don't even give him the time of day anymore. What, how did you find that inside yourself to just shut him down, tune him out, cast him out and his influence? I, I, I think of three things. One was an incident and then others was another was a principle and then i think the a third was you know watching sparring so th- the incident that i had I, and i don't remember if this was a dream or if it was just in my imagination but i imagine that i i was walking with my family on a trail and a snake started a rattlesnake had had uh, come along and was threatening my family and i mm-hmm. I reached over just as quick as, even without thinking about it, and stepped on its head. And then wow. the scripture came to mind, he shall have power to bruise thy heel, but he shall have power to crush his head. Uh-huh. And this was one of my first experiences with warrior chemistry in the context of the, of the program where, because I just felt like, you know, I thought, oh, I feel kind of bad for this snake, but you're not going to mess with my family. Mm. <laughs> and and that feeling of, and and then you know w- with the training that I got from Rob and from from the program I started to recognize that as warrior chemistry and to me that was one of the most powerful principles that was taught because what I'd been doing all these years was riding the wave sometimes my passions would be high and sometimes they'd be low and I'd have lost battles and then I'd have long periods of no lost battles and and I'd you know, start building up and building up and even realize that I had been. And then I just felt sort of like um, I was on a boat that didn't have a sail or a rudder or an anchor or anything, and I was just hoping that things would turn out okay. But yeah. with with warrior chemistry and some of the other principles, I started to realize I, I actually have a choice. And I'd always been fighting my battles at the point of temptation. Uh-huh. And sometimes I would win for a long time, but eventually I would lose. But just yeah. realizing that I could use something like warrior chemistry to turn that to turn me back down to where I was feeling the spirit and um, was at peace. <laughs> as soon as I knew that that was a weapon that I had, that's where my ferocity came from. So I'm like, wait, awesome! I don't have to put up with this. I mm. can put a stop to it right now. As soon as I start to recognize it, and um, I, I do remember a time I woke up in the morning, and I had this just really fierce um, temptation, a really fierce flash. Uh-huh. And it, this doesn't happen all the time, but at this it, this particular instance when I woke up, it's almost like I I saw it, and I was just like, "Oh, just leave me alone," and just got annoyed and walked away from it both literally and, and awesome. emotionally. I just walked away from it. And to have that kind of power after so many years of feeling like you're a victim, that you're just stuck here, wow. Why would I ever do anything but that? That's incredible. Mm. That's great. And then the third was just seeing um, in sparring, somebody suggested that instead of 
and I've noticed that this happens sometimes, that sometimes people get an, into an intellectual discussion with Satan, mm-hmm. like trying to argue with him intellectually. And I've, somebody told me to pay attention to how you feel when you're sparring and when you get that warrior chemistry, pay attention to that feeling that you get. And so now I actually try to get an emotional win when I spar rather than winning some kind of intellectual battle because it's already an inane discussion when you're talking with Satan anyway. <laughs> Why would you think it's going to end in some intellectual victory? The real victory is going to come when you, you have this where, where you run him out and close the door. And yep. and so for me, I look now for that emotional win where I have a, a real chemical win from feeling like I've I've uh, defeated his dumb arguments. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I've heard many times about getting into an intellectual battle with a seven thousand year old genius. You're going to lose because <laughs> he he's got more practice and more experience than we do. However, when we engage our body in like the chemicals that you just talked about, yeah, he doesn't have those, so he can't touch us. Would you be willing to explain a little bit more what like what an emotional win looks like? Yes. Um, so I think there's two, because there's two kinds of, of warrior chemistry, I think that there's there's two kinds of wins. And then there's probably a third kind, which is my favorite, which is kind of a double um, <laughs> Combine both types. That's right. Yeah. And the two types are are um, connection. There's lots of different names for them, but I like to think of the one as as making a connection. That's that soft warrior chemistry. And then there's the the hard warrior chemistry where you're you're feel like a warrior. You feel like you know you pull out a, a spiritual sword and you and you are ready to fight. And uh, the the win to me feels like where probably the biggest way that I, that I've seen wins for me is when I do a, a, a notice it, name it, flip it and find it where mm-hmm. I'm in this mood and I don't even realize that I'm in a mood. And then, you know, maybe I say something snappish to one of my kids or my mind's starting to wander a lot, or I'm starting to feel the, the way that mostly sneaks in is I'm sort of flatline where I don't really have a, any strong emotions. I just feel like me. And then I, I notice it and then I start looking around and I, I can do things like I have a pull-up bar that's right by my office and I'll do a couple of pull-ups or uh, I'll just raise my hands above my head and or I'll look out the window and see, see um, the mountain that's outside my window and think how wonderful God's creations are. And that sometimes I'll just go outside and go on a little walk and do like a, a little power walk around the trail. And uh, so for me, that emotional win is when I feel like I'm being attacked and I'm just, I'm able to flip that switch and get back to where I'm centered and feeling alive inside of my body. And, um, and I wouldn't say an adrenaline rush, but just a, a rush of being happy. Um, then a lot of times for a connection, I'll go out and because I'm working from home, I'll just go out and say hi to my wife and give her a kiss or, um, pat my sons on the back or engage in just a short, you know, three or four sentence conversation, some connection that I make with them. Yeah. Oh man, that's fantastic. I, I just feel warrior chemistry just hearing you talk about it. I just uh, yep. <laughs> can't get enough about uh, talking about warrior chemistry. 
That's really great. How how would you characterize your relationships, um, especially with your family? How would you characterize your relationship now versus previously when you know you were up and down, on and off, where now you're always on when when it comes to resisting that temptation? Yeah, I would say that I think it's easier for my children to en- engage in conversation with me because it's more predictable <laughs> what mm. which dad they're going to get. Interesting. <laughs> and it's still not completely true. I still have my days that I'm that I'm not great or that I'm snappish or something. But I I do feel that I'm much more even keeled. And another thing that I found is that I feel like because I'm more centered, I don't always have just a, an immediate response. I'm a little more interested in listening and trying to listen to the spirit before I respond. Um, especially if I was in the throes of, of having lost a battle or building up to a lost battle or something, I, I found myself very impatient and uh, always having something to do. A lot of times I'd be trying to do something to keep myself from a, a lost battle. And, and so, you know, just grumpy a lot. And it's just, it's not that way as, as much. I still have my times, but it's not, not as much that way. And, uh, I also find myself able to apologize a little easier when I do lose my temper, or when I do behave towards my sons, that that's in a way that's, uh, acting against my values, which was another thing that was great with uh-huh. uh, Rob and I worked through was to recognize that you don't, you don't just have lost battles with pornography. You also have lost battles with acting against your values when you snap at one of your kids or when you waste too much time. Or, and so just being able to recognize that I can take the battle there as well so that I have a better relationship with my sons, that that's not an accident either. That's, that's something that you can cultivate. Awesome. That's absolutely right. Love it. So as far as the you know eternal warrior principles that uh, that you've worked on and learned about and and practiced and and lived is there uh, and, and we've talked about a few so maybe you've kind of already answered this but is there one in particular that sticks out to you that that really helps you to be a better father something you utilize uh to to really help you thrive as uh, as a father yes i think you know, I've already mentioned warrior chemistry, right? But to recognize, to recognize that I don't have, and this isn't even one of the. I see this as a meta principle from from the Men of Moroni program, the Eternal Warrior Principles, and that is that you have say in what happens to you. Because I think as an as an addict, you start to feel like you're a victim because you've tried lots of things and you just can't break free. And so sometimes you just feel like, well, it's just going to happen to me and I just have to deal with it. But for me to be able to recognize that with the right tools, with the right weapons, you can engage in battle and win. And uh, I'd always thought that that was true for other people, but that maybe I was just too broken to make that work because I couldn't seem to be effective in it. So to me, it has to do with like in Doctrine and Covenants section 121, then shall thy confidence wax strong. And 
having that confidence wax strong does make it so that um, my scepter is an unchanging scepter and that that all those principles that are being discussed at the end of section 121 are tied, I think, to that being able to have your confidence wax strong and have your priesthood be something that blesses the lives of your family and that can um, bring that peace to the to the house and have it be a, a, a place that can be nurturing to your family. And, you know, I, I knew that before. I just didn't really have the tools to make it happen. So I had sort of thought, well, that's just the way that it's going to be, I guess. Not recognizing that with the right the right weapons and with the right tools, we have much more control over that than we knew. That's so awesome. Yeah. So you uh, you feel like now you have more power to act instead of being acted upon. That's right. That is exactly right. That's really great. And I will say there was one other thing I wanted to say about about manpower goals, which yeah, I, I have to admit that at first I thought they were a little hokey, and then I started looking <laughs> through them and I thought there's nothing secret about these kinds of goals. This is what we would call setting goals to stay on the covenant path and live the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because every one of those goals are things that prophets have advised us to do since I was a, a little boy. So, yeah, that's true. That's true. So yeah. So why yeah, do you they think, really work? Yeah, yeah. Why do you think they they work this time? If, you know, you've been learning about it for so long. What what uh, what helped them to actually click, as it were? I actually have wondered about that a lot. I've thought, well, I've done this before, but maybe the difference is that I've done them intentionally and deliberately and faithfully instead of just a passing glance at them, that to make it part of my routine. One of the, the, you know, we use the word religiously. One of the definitions of religio is the routine or the, the, yeah, our, our routine or our discipline that we go through. And as a disciple of Christ, that's one of the things that he expects of us, is to do things religiously. And and it, it brings power. I think, um, you know, I think people can get impatient with manpower because, you know, you have to do it long enough for it to take effect. Uh-huh. But, but yeah, it gives incredible power because after having done it for a while, you have some reserves to draw on. I think it's like exercising. Yeah. It really allows you to connect to your source of power. Yep. Yes. So if there's a, a father listening out there who might be in a similar situation, who's whether it be from teenage years or maybe just recently has uh, succumbed to the temptation of pornography and they don't want to admit it, or they feel like they've tried a lot of things and nothing's really worked. What would you say to that father to help, you know, encourage him to to take that next step and and give him confidence that that maybe it could be different? Doesn't have to be this way. Yeah, my heart my heart goes out because I've been there and. 
you know, you feel you feel so silly for having gone against something that it goes against everything that you believe in, and yet you you feel like you're worthless, and you feel like um, you're never going to be able to make it to the kingdom of God, and and Satan even tries to tell you, you know, why even try, and that that there's just no point. But by exercising faith and doing the things that I was asked to do, both by God and as part of the program, I have found that not only can you be free from the addiction, or at least be on the path of, of recovery and freedom, but that the joy that you have, I, nobody even talked about that. <laughs> They're just like, well, here's a way that you can get over pornography. But I, I prefer to call this how to be happy. That's what the the eternal warrior principles are to me. I I have joy most of the time now. And and to think that you could go from a feeling of despair and either settling or maybe it's just easier to not do anything about it to where I'm just just happy all the time. Um, Well, happy most of the time and learning, learning to have that with me more often. And, and I, I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And, and it's such a world of difference, but it's hard when you're in that despair, when you're in the clutches and Satan's trying to keep you down. It's hard to see that there is light, but there really is. And it's, it's one of the greatest feelings that you can have. And to me, it's totally worth it to keep going. I, I wouldn't trade this. And again, I, I've had semi-sobriety for many years and had kind of reached equilibrium, I guess. But um, <clears throat> to have it be unmitigated happiness and a path where I can really succeed, yeah, I just, I just wouldn't trade it for anything. That's awesome. So great. And my wife's even noticed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, what else she, matters, right? Yeah, she likes me better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's always been very loving and, and understanding and and uh, has has been a support for me. But I like it when she's happy. Nothing better. Nothing better than when your wife is happy, that's for sure. <laughs> well, Jeremy... We really appreciate your willingness to talk about this. I can't imagine it's super easy, but I know that there are people out there who can be helped. And I speak for all of us when when I say, do it, get help. (laughs) It is worth it. Jeremy has just attested to that. And hundreds and even thousands of, of people men, young men, even women who have gone through uh, one of our programs, I think we'll we'll attest to that as well. Well, we want to get back to issuing a challenge in light of uh, the guidance and and words of, of Jeremy. And so, Lloyd, what is that challenge? I really like how um, Jeremy taught us about... Um, being willing to uh, take the next step, whether it's getting help, whether it's um, working on your flagpole, your manpower, um, 
just taking on the enemy with the sword of righteousness. And so that's our challenge. The challenge is whatever your next step is, don't just think about it, do it. And would love to hear um, how it goes for you. Um, you can email us at fathers who fight at lifechangingservices.org. And yeah, don't be afraid. It's worth it. You've heard how worth it it is for Jeremy. Both Rob and I can testify that it's worth it as well. Whatever your next step is, do it. Yes, it is. Your your family will love you more, like Jeremy's does. And <laughs> and, and I think I think what was key though about what you said, Jeremy, about confidence was that there there is no better feeling than feeling confident in the presence of the Lord. In fact, if I may, uh, just last yeah last week. Um, I got my temple recommend renewed. And you know, that last question, you know, when, when you're asked, do you consider yourself worthy to enter the temple? And, you know, every time that question's asked, I, you know, there's a little bit of a, you know, heart, heart drops just a little bit or, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> am I really, you know, am I really worthy? And honestly, this last week, um, when that question was asked, I didn't have any hesitation, and and that feeling, and and that was when the member of the bishopric was interviewing me, and he asked me that, and I and I, f- I felt like I could say yes without hesitation, and then two days later, went to the stake presidency interview, and I was just I had I couldn't pull a smile off my face because I knew what the questions were going to be, I knew that at the end, again, I would be able to say with confidence that, yes, I do consider myself worthy. So that confidence of being able to say that you're worthy is priceless. Yep. All right. Well, again, thank you, Jeremy. We've really enjoyed having you. Well, it's been great to be here. I love to, to talk about the principles that I've learned because the whole world can learn them. The world will be a better place. Absolutely. Yes. 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 So continue to listen to the Fathers Who Fight podcast. Uh, if you didn't know, we we all have a, several other uh, podcasts from life changing services, like Dragons Did They Fight, the Eternal Warrior podcast, and others. Um, memoirs of an Elias therapist we mentioned last time as well. I think. Anyway, they're they're really great ones, and. Uh, like Lloyd said, take the next step. Do what's going to help you in whatever your particular battle is, whether it's with pornography or anger management or whatever it is. Heavenly Father and the Savior provide help, and there are others out there who can help you as well. So thank you for listening, and we hope you'll join us next time on the next episode of the Fathers Who Fight podcast.